Welcome to Wildwood College Life of Wildwood Community Church in Norman. We are four following Jesus together to the glory of God. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Bible teaching, breakfast, and fellowship, and would love to see you there this week. Follow us on Instagram at Wildwood College for more information. And with that, let's dive into this week's message. Okay. Well, I, I need to do a quick poll real quick. Okay, raise your hand if your favorite streaming service is Disney Plus. Wow. Okay, we got a few Disney people, okay. Netflix, raise your hand if Netflix, okay. Hulu, HBO Max, uh, is there another one? Amazon Prime, okay. Well, one thing, one thing that you guys must know about me is that I love trashy reality TV competitions, okay? I love it. I love it. I discovered this in the pandemic with my wife. I was like, man, Big Brother, 70 episodes, let's do it. Uh, but I remember thinking, like, this is just the greatest social experiment. My favorite of all time is Survivor. Any Survivor fans? Really weird show. Really weird show. They're walking around in their underwear on a beach. Okay, number two, Big Brother. Any Big Brother fans? Okay. Alone, History Channel. They go out in the wilderness and live by themselves. Okay, what about the greatest of all time, the Great British Bacon Show? Yeah. Okay. Before you guys found these shows, before you guys found these shows, have you ever been in this predicament? You know the drill. If you have ever tried to find something that you want to watch or would like to watch, how many of you guys have ever spent more time looking for a show than actually watching the show? Anybody? Okay, I'm not alone in that. All right. Well, a similar experience happened for me when I was a freshman at college. I'll introduce you to freshman Kevin. That's me. Oh, yeah, that's me. And I was like, I want to find a perfect church. And, you know, for the stage of life that I was in, I was like, I want to find the perfect church. I was, just, I was a college freshman. I had just joined a fraternity, and I had been pretty scarred by the church. And I was like, okay, I am going to solve this by finding the perfect church. And coming to college, I wasn't super excited about church and that prospect, but since I had been praying to God about an opportunity to grow in my faith and connect to other believers, I knew it was important. But... What I did was I treated church like it was a Netflix selection, okay? There were tons of churches that I added to my watch list, but with the convenience of never having to commit, I could sleep in or I could hop around until I arrived at the perfect church, just like I would to find the perfect TV show. And many of you guys are likely in the same boat, and it only makes sense. That's what maybe freshman year or the beginning of the year is all about. You're trying to find and figure out where you are going to spend your time. But the danger is this. This is the danger if you take that strategy. You might waste all your time searching that you'll never actually end up investing in the thing that you're searching for. Just like wasting an hour looking through the options on Netflix for the perfect show, you could have already watched two episodes of that good show that you found within the first five minutes. Similarly, you can spend your entire freshman year, your sophomore year, and maybe even your junior year 
looking for the perfect church home. And you can spend your entire time church hopping that you never actually invest in a faith community in college. Here's the, here's the problem of today that we're going to talk about. You can spend more time looking for Christian community than actually investing in one. The reality is this, and you guys may not have experienced this because you had lifelong friends in high school or something like that, but community takes time. Community takes time. And continually starting that process over and over and over again prevents that community from ever taking root, ever making those solid, deep connections that you can actually connect with others who follow Jesus. Because every time you church hop, you're uprooting all of the relationships and community that you've already started to form. And my goal today is to help you guys understand the purpose of church. The church wasn't designed for you and your experience and your preferences, but you, if you are in Christ, were designed for the church. And that is the main idea today, is that you are uniquely designed to, by God to serve the church. You are uniquely designed by God to serve the church. And we're going to see that through three main ideas. Number one, we should look to serve, not be served. Number two, there's diversity in how God has gifted us. And number three, spiritual gifts are designed to be used. All of these things are going to show us that because God has blessed us with spiritual gifts, upon salvation, we must respond by using those gifts to bless the church. Now, eventually, as a college freshman, I selected a church, and it ended up being this very church, Wildwood Community Church, back in fall 2012, all right? But it took me six months Six months of church hopping, proverbial screen scrolling, until I finally chose my destination. So, my encouragement for you is do not wait that long. Don't wait that long. Obviously, there are things you should be looking for in a church family. Do they teach the Bible? Do they believe in the triune God? And maybe some other important things important to you. And if Wildwood is that place for you, great. That's excellent. But it doesn't have to be here. It can be any church where you can do the things that we are going to be talking about today, okay? My heart for you as a college student who is seeking to follow Jesus is to connect to a local church, a local church. It doesn't have to be our church. I would love it if it was, but it doesn't have to be, okay? So let's look at the book of Romans and see what the Apostle Paul says about the church body and what we should expect. And when I say church, I mean an assembly or a local gathering of committed Christ followers. Okay, so the book of Romans, this was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to one of those churches in Rome, the church in Rome. And Paul, he was an expert in Jewish religion. He was formally trained, and he was an ex expert of the Hebrew Bible, also what we know as the Old Testament. But he was also a Roman citizen. This meant that he was an expert among the religious Jewish elite but because he was a Roman citizen, he was an expert or knew the culture of Gentiles or non-Jewish people. So in this letter to the Romans, Paul spends 16 chapters talking about the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. And in chapter 12, he focuses the attention on how the gospel, the belief that Jesus Christ was the son of God who came to this earth to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins so that we might be restored back to union with God, that we, because of this gospel message, Paul illustrates how despite differences, 
Jesus still unites the church. So let's see what Paul has to say about the church in verse 3. For the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, and according to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. For Paul, it was important. It was important for the church in Rome to understand what it meant to be a part of this new community. No longer were they this isolated people with their own individual agendas, a.k.a. college, but instead they were an assembly of believers. They were a gathering of believers whose purpose was unified in the same direction to glorify God. So as you, as you scroll through church flicks, okay, as you scroll, what should your criteria be? Again, this isn't so that you pick Wildwood, but my desire is that you would plug into a church during college quickly and look up and not look up in a year and wonder, where is my faith community? Let's read verses 3 through 5 one more time. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we the many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I love Paul's focus here. He is basically saying, it is not all about you. It is not all about you. He says in verse 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Or in other, in other words, maybe don't think about things or pick a church solely on how it makes you feel. What programs they offer you. How much fun you have. Paul goes on to declare that each of us who have been saved by Christ is a part of a body. And each part of the body has a different role. And each role is to benefit not ourselves, but who? Other members. Seemingly, church is not a place to consume, but it is a place to belong. To belong. So, in the span of three verses, Paul has made something abundant, abundantly clear. Abundantly clear. Don't look for how you can be served, but how you can serve. Don't look for how you can be served, but how you can serve. We see this with the example of Jesus. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. We see this whenever he washes the disciples' feet in John 13. And he says, I have set an example for you. Okay? Lord, if, if I, verse 14, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should seek other people to wash your feet? No. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15, for I have given you a what? Say it with me. An example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Serve. The Christian life is service to one another. See, I hate to break to you guys, but our biggest need in church is not a good Instagram account. It is not a good worship service. 
is not dynamic teaching or powerful worship music. Our biggest need in the church is our opportunity to belong and interact with one another, that as we love God, we have a responsibility to each other to love one another. God created us in Christ to serve each other. If you focus solely on your experience and what they can offer you, you are idolizing your own spiritual experience. Paul continues, okay? Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Okay, if you're like me, this is music to your ears because Paul says different is good. Different is a good thing. And not only should we look to serve, but each of us is designed to serve differently. Each of us isn't called to be this one cookie cutter role. But each of us has been given different gifts and it should look differently with how we serve. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy that different different is good because if you get to know me, you'll realize that I'm pretty different. I'm pretty different. You're like, Kevin, why does your coffee mug look like R2-D2? And then you lift the lid and then it starts beeping at you. Okay? You're like, man, that guy is different. I love Star Wars. Okay? I'm a nerd. I'm not afraid to admit it. Okay? But what is the point? Let's get back. What is the point in verse 6? Remember, the context of this It's the church in Rome, a local gathering of believers. Paul is saying here that God, through his Son and by his Holy Spirit, has given everyone who has believed in Jesus a gift. A gift. That means it's not something that you created, you cultivated, and made it your own. But this is something that, by the power of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ, his Son, has given you a gift. And that gift is not meant for your increasing reputation, your social media followers. It's not meant to bring you glory or yourself uh, the praise that you, you, you feel like you need. But it was meant to be a blessing to other people. We have a role for each other. And as we serve, we are then blessed because we are all serving one another. So when you're looking for a place to connect with others and connect with God, know that your unique giftings, your unique passions and personality was designed by God. And not only was it designed by God, but it was designed for a purpose. A purpose. There is a reason you are the way that you are. The personality that you have. The giftings and the the passions that you have. Okay, so far we have looked looked at the idea that we are, are to look to serve rather than be served. And that there is diversity in the giftings that God gives us. But Paul talks about some other things in chapter 12. Let's look at them. So he wasn't quite done in verse 6. He continues, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul is trying to tell us something. You cannot use your gifts if you are not present. You cannot use your gifts if you are not present. Paul is trying to tell us to park our car. To park our car. So who here has ever been Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve? Anyone? Yeah, my procrastinators, fellow procrastinators, what's up? All right, so if you've ever had the joy of going to the mall on Christmas Eve, you know that it's basically a ghost town, right? No, there's other procrastinators like us. It is crazy. It is so crazy, there is not a free parking spot anywhere, 
And just imagine with me that you go to Quail Springs Mall or for our North Park or Dallas Friends North Park Mall, you guys know how impossible it is to find a parking space. But anytime you're faced in a crowded parking lot, what is the goal? Get that primo spot, right? Get that spot where I don't have to walk at all like the lazy American that I am. <laughs> but if you're competitive like me, you wanna find and drive around until you find that perfect spot. You drive around the parking lot for about five minutes and you find a spot, but it's, it's just good. You know, it's not the really, really nice one. And so you spend five more minutes, you're driving around and then you find the perfect spot. And then it's like, psych, it's a compact car behind a truck. Okay. <laughs> and so you spend the next 10 minutes go by and you're still looking and you finally find a good, that good first parking spot that you found, but you've spent 30 minutes doing it. Congratulations. You spent 30 minutes finding a good parking spot. Finding a church in college is the exact same way. Just like scrolling for a good Netflix show, you can spend more time looking than doing the thing you actually came there for. You can spend more time looking for Christian community than actually investing in one. The reality is you could have found that good parking space, spent five minutes, went into the store, grabbed that thing for your mom, got back in your car, and left before the 30 minutes was up. You should be looking for a way to serve your local church. You should also recognize that God has uniquely designed each of you with specific gifts, with specific passions and personality, so that, why did he give you those things? That you find the perfect church for you? That you find the ultimate experience? That you would say, man, that was dynamic. Why did he give you those things? To be used. Those gifts should be used. Sitting in the back row, getting up afterwards, not connecting at all, that is not belonging. That is consuming. Spiritual gifts are designed to be used. For those that have trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, God has blessed you with a spiritual gift, maybe more than one, to bless other people. That is its purpose. And not only that, but he's given you a gift that it would be used, not just sit back in the back of your closet collecting dust. The context for use of this gift is the local church, and if you wait years to connect in service, then you are depriving God's people from a blessing from the Lord. Now, if you visit my grandmother's house, what you'll find is there are decorative bowls everywhere. You guys know what I'm talking about? Decorative bowls every year, everywhere. And if you try to grab one, she will say, we don't use those. They're for decoration. <laughs> what? They're a bowl, right? But unfortunately, we've adopted a similar approach in college to our spiritual gifts. Instead of using them to serve others, they are mere decorations. The way that your life has unfolded to this point might not be perfect, but it is exactly what it needs to be for God to use you in this season. Your gift is supposed to be a gift to others. So even if it's not Wildwood, find a church where you can connect to God and other people. Today, we saw just how easy it is to spend more time looking for Christian community than actually investing in one, right? 
But hopefully through seeing that, number one, we should look to serve, not be served. Number two, there's diversity in how God has gifted us. And number three, spiritual gifts are designed to be used. You will understand your purpose in the church. God has uniquely designed Christians to serve one another. And because God has blessed us, this is the big idea, because God has blessed us with spiritual gifts upon salvation, we must respond by using those gifts to bless the church. Bless one another. How will you respond?